This episode is brought to you in part by Richmond Graduate University. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly. Richmond Graduate University can equip you to become a licensed professional counselor, integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. From Christianity Today, this is The Art of Pastoring. I'm Jared Wilson. And I'm Ronnie Martin. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. What's up, Jared C? It's good to be here with you for another ep of The Art of Pastoring. Hey, before we kick this off, I just want to thank Christianity Today Magazine and CT Pastors for hosting and supporting us. I also just want to give a shout to our listeners. We have just been really excited and encouraged about offering this new pod. And the reviews that some of you have been posting have been really encouraging to us. So we just ask that you continue to do that. And we're, you know, as much as our heart is to encourage you in this, we have been encouraged through this. And so thanks for the privilege of allowing us to continue to record these episodes and support and listen. We're, uh, we're really excited about it. Today, me and my boy Jared, we're going to talk about hard seasons in ministry. Thankfully, 2020 has really, I don't know why we're even talking about it right now because 2020 has been a piece of cake, <laughs> obvi. The question I have that just to kick us off, you know, when we talk about a hard season of ministry, which by the way, is, is almost a cliche in some ways. I don't know that I ever talk to a pastor when it's almost like the first thing they tell me is it's been a hard season. It almost feels like the thing you, the the prereq you're supposed to throw out there to, to to top every conversation. But talking about this mental, spiritual, emotional toll that ministry can have, it might always feel like we're in a hard season. So, what what do you think has been hard about this year in particular? And I'm not trying to be, you know, obviously this year has all of the the obvious hardships. But for us to sort of needle down into it, what do you think has been particularly hard about this year? Gosh, the real question would be where even to start, right? Because mm-hmm. in in any one of the factors, if it were going on this year, would be, I think, taxing. Like you, every every pastor that I talk to and I ask how they're doing, and then after they say, I'm doing fine, <laughs> and then you say, okay, how are you really doing? After they lie. After they lie, yes. do the yes. polite thing, and, and, then they're, and then they're honest, they all say some... A variation of, of how tired they are. Yeah. Even if it wasn't, they didn't have a lot of division or conflict in their church or something like that. It's just been the kind of year where you have to lean on on gifts that you don't have or in or, or figure out expertise that you didn't think you would need. And so, yeah, I mean, 2020, obviously there's the pandemic. And so early on when you had all kinds of innovation around how do we do church when we can't mm. when we can't do church so some folks already had live stream stuff kind of figured out but everyone had to figure it out all of a sudden so even if you didn't do it or if you were just kind of like oh we have you know this thing that's for people who just happen to be home or something you're now thinking of it in more intense ways so you have all of that you know people struggling with the technological uh, you know pressures and then 
how that filters into the political turmoil because the pandemic became politicized, which this was already going to be a politicized year because of the election. So as that reached a fever pitch, now we've got, hey, if you think we should wear masks, you're you're clearly either not walking by faith or you're bought into, yeah, you know, yeah. the the scamdemic or, or whatever it is. So you've got that. And then we still have, we're on a multi-year trajectory of Americans trying to figure out this injustice thing yeah. and racial disparity and, and problem of racism. And that's been coming to bear in, in the church environments. It's like this perfect storm yeah. for ministries already hard. It's not, it's not easy any year. And then you put all three of these things plus whatever else. And man, it's, it's just hard to put your finger on it. For some guys, it's obviously one thing was more pronounced in their church than others. But for a lot of pastors, man, it's as soon as you kind of press down on one mole, another one pops up. Yeah, right? you're, for sure. you're playing whack-a-mole with this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, as you're talking, I'm thinking about, we use this terminology of like a hard season, and everything you just described is so true. And I think when we come into the call of a pastor, it doesn't take very long if we've had no previous experience with it to understand that this is a very like mentally fatiguing role. In whatever place it lacks some physicality, it makes up for in the mental strain that just encompasses it, right? And so I, I also think that I wonder, my question is, I'm, I'm wondering how unique this is to, uh, to, to American ministry in the sense that we, we understand that ministry is hard. Our expectations were that it was going to be hard, but we also have maybe a particular kind of idealism attached to what our level of hard season is supposed to be. And if it jumps beyond that, or if it eclipses that, like we've seen in 2020, then a lot of us are losing sort of our, our will to continue. Because one of the themes that we see, and I know we've had conversations about this, is that a lot of men that we're talking to these days are saying, I don't know that I can continue. I don't know that I want to continue. And I'm looking around. People don't know that I'm looking around, but I'm looking around. I'm clicking on those sites to see what else is available out there. I'm having conversations with people that might have some inroads into some new positions Again, which, which is always to think like, well, so you, you think it's going to be a little easier, it's going to be a little greener on the other side of this. But at the same time, there is this desire to escape and to think, nope, this pastoring is hard, but this season has gone beyond the place where I feel like I can manage it anymore. How do we think through that? What are your thoughts on that? How do we think through it? And then how do we encourage those who we literally just described? You know, I I certainly would not want to make any kind of blanket statement about anyone who is just ready to throw in the towel and, you know, really believes that's what the Lord would have for them. Sure. I've always quit. <laughs> uh, that's because you're a quitter, Jared. I'm just a that's, quitter. I, that's what quitters I've never do. Been, I've never been fired. I've never been driven out, but I've quit, uh, you know, obviously. <laughs> After 25 years of, of ministry, each of those positions was something I moved on to another one from. Guys, just so you know, Jared is a self-professed quitter. <laughs> exactly. Just, just so to I, encourage you. So I just want to put that out there. Before I say what I'm going to say next, right? <laughs> so I, obviously, I don't think it's a sin to quit because I heard that, especially after the yeah. after my last pastorate when I resigned. I had people messaging me saying a pastor is not allowed to quit, and 
I think, man, like, first of all, where's that in the scriptures? Like we're creating new laws, but also, man, what a burden you put on some guys and and families who may be really struggling for whatever reason. Yeah, it so, might be the right just, thing for them to move. Yeah, exactly. We can say quit. We can also say move on. It might be the right thing for them to move on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you want to be nice about it, but <laughs> yeah, you know, you quit. <laughs> so let me just say, I don't think there's anything wrong in and of itself of quitting. However, however, I would want to caution against kind of what you were referring to with this greener pasture thing is we've been watching people leave churches left and right out of some kind of consumeristic, I think. People can leave churches for good reasons, obviously. Yeah. But there's a lot of people who are leaving churches, especially this year, and they're going to other churches out of this consumeristic kind of impulse of, I don't like the decision that you made here, so I'm going to go find somebody who aligns with every one of my convictions about these, what I would consider tertiary things, not even secondary things, but tertiary type issues. Yeah. And it's it's pure, I mean, and, and that's just part of the American church. Ever since we've been mobile ever since we have the options we've been looking for the best fit the best flavor vibe you know whatever it is i'm concerned that pastors may be somewhat imbibing that themselves to say it's getting difficult yeah and it's not what i thought it was going to be and so i'm going to go someplace else which is going to have its own problems eventually that there really is no certainly yeah there's no perfect church and and so for the same reasons that pastors that you would want to caution your members from up and leaving it every time it gets hard i think or really think twice it's not a light decision to make and and i don't know a guy who is thinking of it lightly so i'm not trying to say that pastors aren't really processing right these things but that would be the caution that i would have i think yeah i think so yeah and i think you know it's interesting because i think when we consider just what 2020 has brought i think it's all brought challenges to you to me to our friends that were unanticipated so we use the word unprecedented now unprecedented, it's just be- yeah. yeah it's become a joke right but there's such a truth to it where we've been faced with things that we just that have been unexpected. I wonder if it says something to us in, in the sense that shouldn't this be something that we have always expected in some ways? So if we really believe that that Christ is the one that is in control of the seasons, he even allows the seasons in nature to sort of like do their cycle and, and come about when they come about. Isn't he in control of the way that he brings us into and through particular seasons in a way that that brings about like his purpose? I wonder that we, in our scrambling and in our fear, if we aren't pausing enough to stop and go, well, hold on, Lord, I, I wonder what it is that you're trying to do to me right now in this. And maybe right now, it could be a great time. It could be an opportune time for me to exit something because there's been a bunch of unhealth. And this has sort of illuminated that and it's created a a path for me to exit. But I also wonder for the majority of us, if it's to say, hold on, God, I want to stop. I just want to see what it is that you're doing, because this hard season could really turn out to be the biggest blessing down the road again into the future that I can't see in terms of the way it's shaping me into the way it's shaping the ministry into the future that I, I just, I can't see, but I need to, I need to trust that God's doing that work. I don't know. What, what do we think about that? Yeah, I think you're onto something here because what this year or what any hard season is doing 
is kind of sloughing off all of the varnish, right? This, you know, 2020 is, yeah. is like mineral spirits for any kind of <laughs> polished ministry that you might have thought you had or, or aspired totally. to have. And it's all just being stripped away and we're getting down to the real stuff. We talked about this, I think, on on the episode about unsexy ministry. It's oh, like, yeah. That's, a, that's actually ministry. You don't even need the adjective. When you get down to the hard stuff, now you see what you've got. And so I think one of the, the ironic blessings of this year is a lot of pastors are figuring out who their church is. You've had people who were there as long as it was like such and such. You know, they were there because they dug the style or they were one to an experience. Now the experience is gone and it's just the gospel and the community figuring it out together and they're out. Well, now you see who your real church yeah, is. For sure. So that's really that's really clarifying. And I think for a lot of pastors, one of the best things they can do is just feel what they feel, like lean into this difficulty. Back in January, when I had that anxiety attack thing, and a lot of people had advice for me, which is when it happens, you just let it happen. You don't, you don't fight it. And thankfully, I haven't had that. I've had little flashes of panic or anxiety since then, but I haven't had an attack like that since, you know, since the beginning of the year. And I've thought a lot about that. It's like, man, that's, that's scary. Like, you know, because what if it comes on when I'm driving or, or something yeah. like that? People who struggle with this, the bottom line advice that they gave me was just let it come, let it come over you. And I wonder if that's a good word even for pastors is to mm. say, you're fighting against this, trying to manage it, polish it, spin it. That's you actually refusing to deal with reality. Just, man, lament. I mean, yeah. feel feel the pain of this of this year or of any hard season that you're in. There's an honesty and a clarity there that I think actually makes for good preaching. Yes. It makes for good counseling, right? When you when someone comes in for counseling, you're not trying to talk them up and tell them to put a happy face on when they're really dealing with something really difficult. You want to listen to them, enter into it as much as you can with them. And I think we need to, to some extent, do ourselves that favor as well. Just, yeah. just own. Like, yeah. this is hard. This is just hard. This is just how it is. But I love what you said about that having that inform everything you do, right? One of the things that drives me crazy about pastoring is that it can become, I mean, not to use a John Piper line per se, but to just say that it can become so professional. And I feel mm -hmm. like what's happening now, we can really let our guts show a little bit in the way that we communicate, in the way that we are pastoring other people, the way we're counseling other people, the way we're praying with other people. And we can, it really has, like you said earlier, it, it's kind of no pun. It's kind of removed the mask. Let's not remove our masks. But, um, <laughs> right. but, it, but it has in the sense that it allows us, I think it allows us to just be a little more vulnerable and a little more transparent in, in the sense that, gosh, I mean, when you look at the way Paul, who had the hard season ministry of all hard season ministries. And Paul even talks about it. Like, look, these are the 98 things that I've gone through. And um, yet it was, it was still this, this, this fixation on Christ. It was like, I'm going to, the way that I'm teaching you right now is, is informed by those shipwrecks. There was no sense of Paul saying, man, if I could just get to a place where I could do the ministry I wanted and I could get this behind me, there was no getting it behind him. It was embracing what was in the present 
so that it can inform the people that he was with in the moment and give them a vision for what their future was going to be. But he certainly never was trying to escape it. He was trying to embrace it constantly. And I think that we really, really struggle with that. I do personally. Yeah. I mean, Paul is the expert at this because he's referring to, you know, his, his, his eyesight is, is lifted up Mm -hmm. so that, I mean, there's no such thing as a, as an easy season for him. This episode is brought to you in part by Seattle's Union Gospel Mission. Over 13,000 people in the Seattle area are homeless. Kathy is one of many who found a new life through Seattle's Union Gospel Mission. Growing up, my dad and I didn't get along. I kept running away from home until one time I was assaulted. After that, I carried a lot of pain inside of me, and I was doing a lot of drugs. I became homeless. It's taken me almost 40 years to get the healing I needed. But all along, God was looking out for me. He led me to the mission, and the mission has helped me in all kinds of ways. I've learned how to set boundaries and say no. Now I'm looking forward to working for the mission. I want people to know there's hope out there. God can help you heal. And grace will lead me home. To hear more, volunteer, or donate, visit UGM.org. So when he goes into a hard sea, I mean, that's his life. That's ministry. And he says things like, this is a light momentary affliction. <laughs> and he always, yeah, I, like, I yeah. want to punch him in the face. You know, what do you mean? There's a light, a light momentary <laughs> affliction. And, you know, until you learn like, gosh, he has suffered more than any of us, really. Well, he's saying that because he, he's comparing it to the eternal weight of glory, which is to come. Yeah. He's always looking beyond. For him, the green pasture is the new creation. It's not any ministry or particular mission Absolutely. field or like, man, if I could just get over to this place or he, he's not thinking that he's, he's just assuming it's going to be difficult. Yeah. Paul's not an idealist. He's just, he's, he's not running off of any particular personal idealism. Yes. It feels like. Yeah. Light, light momentary affliction. He says, right. And by the <laughs> way, guys, Jared C. Wilson just publicly said he would like to punch the apostle <laughs> Paul in the face. Let's just put that one on record. Put so it on there. I'm, I'm just being oh, yeah. real. This is a place for the truth, man. <laughs> hey, Paul was just a guy. He put his robe on one leg at a time yeah. or whatever they wore. He would know? be an easy fight, too, because he couldn't see very well. You <laughs> oh, know? <my> gosh. <laughs> I think I they could. Gonna, they're going to have to edit this part out, aren't they? <laughs> I think I could take Paul. <laughs> you probably could take Paul. The way, he, the way Paul self-identified, I think he was basically saying, I'm not really that great of a preacher. I can't see. I'm not a tough guy. So have yeah. at me. But he was a tough guy, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah he was a tough guy. Yeah. So, yeah. and, Mentally you know, tough. and the other thing is you know, for him to identify weakness as, as the ideal, yes. like the weaker I am, actually, the more strength comes through. That to me, I think should be so instructive for us in, in times like this and just for ministry in general, but for times like, man, it's just been a rough, a rough season. And, and, and I feel for any guy who, Man, that's just where they're at. Like they almost don't have words. I I don't know if you've seen. Um, have you seen the Royal Tenenbaums? Yeah, Wes Anderson. It's one of the few movies that has made me cry. <laughs> There's a particular scene towards the end where, like, all this stuff, like everything's just falling apart. And Ben Stiller is one of the sons, and he has two sons. And his he's a widower. His wife has passed away recently, and he's raising these two boys, these twin boys himself. And he's very like regimented. If you remember, yeah. like, like yeah. they wear matching track suits and 
you know, he's, he's got all these rules and, and he's very rigid and you get to the end and all these things are falling apart. And he sees his dad, who is this really kind of a jerk falling apart patriarch of the family. His name is Royal Tenenbaum. And the son, you know, Ben Stiller, there's a scene in the street, I think Mm -hmm. it's after a car crash even, where the son looks at him and says, it's been a hard year. And his dad looks at him and says, I know, son. And there's just something about the way Stiller delivers the line based on everything you know about him. He's been trying to manage, to juggle, to keep everything together. And when inside, he's just falling apart. He's racked with grief and, and, just that line, it's been a hard year. I'm putting that kind of in the mouths of of a lot of pastors crawling into December, yeah. you know, looking at January thinking 2021's got to be better, right? Yeah. It's, it's been a hard year. And the father looks at us and says, I, I know, son. I know. It's a <laughs> great know. line. It's a yeah. great line. It's so appropriate. It, all, it kind of made me think of, I, I'm always drawn back to this. John 21, right, when Peter is, goes back to the boat, fishing, sees Jesus on the shore, cooking breakfast, dives in, swims over, but he's tentative. You know, yeah. he doesn't know what Jesus is going to say. The last connection point they had was when he had denied him and Jesus gave him the look and he wept bitterly. And here he is coming back. I mean, Jesus is just cooking for him, you know, and he's mm. there. He's present with them. There's the, the first words out of his mouth aren't condemnation. It wasn't, man, you should have known better. You should have done better. You abandoned me. You deny me. We're going to talk before you even, before I put any fish on your plate, man, we're going to talk about this. We're going to settle this. It doesn't even come up, you know, and talk about the hard season that he had come off of with Jesus and certainly the hard season for the rest of his life he was about to enter into. And yet Jesus basically said, man, I'm here. I love you. Love the people that I've given you to love. And I just wonder without being glib, man, because it's easy to do that with a deep hearted sensitivity, even I wonder if our encouragement to, to not only ourselves, but to pastors right now is, is just to say, Hey, you're in the place that God wants you to be in so that you can see the God who is in that place with you. And man, it doesn't mean that it's you would have picked it, and it doesn't mean it's ideal, but it does mean that you are exactly where God has you. Hard seasons, they, they come from the hand of a hospitable God who invites us in to share those things in our life that are, are hurting so that he can show us once again that, man, he has not let us go. His arms are around us. He doesn't have a grip that, that, that ever lets us loose. And I think if we could remember that, we could look around us and go, hey, it's okay for things to be different. It's okay that I've had to slow down. It's okay that I can't do all the things that I do that justifies my job, that justifies my paycheck. It's okay to just be in this season because God is doing something in your becoming and he's using this hard season to do it. And I wonder if we can, if I wonder if we could just settle into that a little bit more. I don't know. Yeah, just feel it. Hey, your illustration was a lot more holy than mine was. <laughs> I don't think it was with the Royal Tenenbaums. No, that was brilliant. I Royal Tenenbaums. No, and you're, like, you're, you're like, how about the Bible? <laughs> well, I just, I, I'm thinking like, man, we're talking to pastors. We should probably bring up some scripture every once in a while. You're like, there's probably- this guy named Jesus, Jared. Have you, have you heard of him? <laughs> 
you're going to get a mixed bag on here. That's such a great pastoral word, though, brother. And uh, I, I almost wanted you to to keep going. Oh yeah. man, yeah. I just that would, that would be my word to pastors: keep going, keep going, keep, keep going, going in the hard season. I know, and I don't know. Is there there's something about that that feels? And I don't think we've been thin on any on, at any stretch today. But to encourage a brother to say, "Hey, keep going. We're man, we're going with you." God is not lagging behind. He's not two steps behind our pace. He keeps with our pace. Yeah, and and we're going to look back on this. Yes. Like, yes. yeah, this isn't forever, right? You're going to get on the other side of this. We, you know, I don't know when, when that day is, but you're going to be on the other side of it, and you're going to be able to look back and go, man, 2020, what was that about, right? You're going to have lessons that you have learned and, and wisdom that you have gained from that season, if you will not resist it yeah lean into it and 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 sense the lord there ronnie it's been great talking with you yeah man you've been listening to the art of pastoring podcast If you're liking the show, please take a minute and give us a rating and review in iTunes. It helps other people find us. You can find Ronnie and me on Twitter at, at Ronnie J. Martin and at Jared C. Wilson. Feel free to hit us up with questions and potential topics for the show. We'd love to hear from you. The Art of Pastoring is a production of Christianity Today. It's produced by Mike Cosper, editing by Mike Cosper and Aaron Leslie, mixing by Aaron Leslie. Our theme song is Guide Me, O Thou Great Jehovah by Jeremy Casella. 